Hey friends, welcome to the Cultivate Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Robinson, and I want to invite you to come alongside me as we hear stories, gain wisdom, and even some helpful tools from some of my friends. These are people who have experienced challenging seasons of life that have tested their faith. We can all learn from those who've dug those deep trenches and have found their way to the other side of hopelessness. So let's start digging together and cultivate hope. Welcome to the Cultivate Hope podcast. This is episode seven, and I'm so excited to have one of my best friends here today, Miss Kate Mae Jenkins. And today we are talking about something that is super heavy for most people. Um, this affects more than half of Americans, more than half of Christians even. It is not different in the church. And today we're going to be talking about hope in the midst of divorce. So if that's something you've been affected by, if that's something that is within your family, hopefully we will touch on something that will encourage you, challenge you, um, or speak to your heart in some way, shape, or form. So welcome to the podcast, Kate May Jenkins. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that we're doing this. So little background, I have been, I've known Kate since we were little. Like we went to school together growing up. We're really good friends in high school. Mm -hmm. And then she was a little older. She went off to college. I went off to college, lost touch a little bit. And then in the past, how many years? Like two, three, two two years, we reconnected. She just out of the blue asked me to get um, breakfast one day, and I heard this amazing story of her life begin to unfold before my eyes, and I kind of came in the, in the middle of it, I'd say, mm-hmm. and so I just want her to share her story today with you. I want you to, I just want you to have an open heart for her story and have an open hand with what she's about to give you, because I feel like this has application for everybody, whether you've been through a divorce, whether you haven't, whether you're married, whether you're not. There's so many God winks and so many moments with the Lord that I think everybody can pull something from because her story is a story of hope. And that's what we're here about today. So Kate, yes, you just kind of give us a little bit of your story. But first, I want to hear what your definition of hope is. Oh, yeah. So it's funny when I was thinking about hope, I was like, ooh, how do you define that? Um, And uh, spent some time with that. And for me, what I came up with was that it's a mindset Mm. of desiring something different than your present. Yeah. So than your present situation, Mm. you know, circumstances, what you thought your life would look like. So Mm. it's, it's, it's a mindset of of wanting something different um, or desiring something different. I love that definition. That is vastly different from majority (laughs) of the definitions we've gotten. But you know what? I love that because it is a mindset because mindset that you almost have to shift yourself into because we always talk about the pivot moment. What's the pivot moment from hopelessness to hope? Right. And so I feel like that perfectly paints that picture of we're going to pivot our mindset before and everything else will follow. Yeah. You know, so, okay. I love that. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Go ahead and just give the listeners, a little bit of your backstory and sure. kind of rewind a couple years back to when all of this began. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint, like, where do I start <laughs> with a story yeah. um, over the last, you know, six plus years? Um, but really, I'll just start it. Let's call it D-Day. <laughs> start yeah. Out, uh, started the day where 
I had found out some news about my marriage and I, I said, Lord, like my human life, human world mm. is crashing around me. Um, I don't even know what to pray. That's where I started mm. <laughs> with the Lord that day. And, um, and really I, yeah, I was thrown into a situation of needing to decide whether or not to end a marriage and, um, having, you know, biblical reasons, having lots of circumstances, yeah. um, around that. And, um, I really wrestled with that, Yeah, you know, like just because I had, let's call it grounds, I was going against the culture that I was raised in. I was going against mm. what I knew, yeah. um, how I was raised, um, to not get a divorce. God hates divorce. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, We're trained that way. <laughs> and so it was a scary moment of being alone. Like I felt alone and it kept me up at night deciding like what I was hearing from the Lord and through the Holy Spirit versus like being so countercultural mm-hmm. in the Christian realm, countercultural right, right. Um, to what you know and even like diving into research of like, what does the conservative side say? What does the more left side say about divorce? Like, and it was this consistent theme of like, no, God hates it. God can redeem it all. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't fit with what I'm, with what I'm dealing with mm-hmm. um, and what I was feeling from the Lord and, and seeing and, and through prayer and discernment and all of these things. I'm like, I don't line up yeah. with that. Um, and it, it was scary. Like it was, it was thrown into an island that you're like, but I didn't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. And like, I didn't row this direction to be abandoned. Like yeah. I was on the full cruise ship. Like oh. I was not, I was not destined to be on a, an island that I don't want to be on. And it wasn't until like, I, I think it was around a month after I had um, made that decision. Um, my mom found a blog. Mm. And, like, this is after, like, a month and a half of, like, Googling, (laughs) going on websites that I felt were trustworthy (laughs) for, like, that biblical, you know, basis of things. Um, My mom found this blog from a guy that had been at a women's conference. Like, he wasn't – so, and I'm totally paraphrasing this completely wrong, but the gist was he was invited to do something there. I don't know if it was a panel or something. And what God did that day, he was almost in tears knowing – that there were so many women in pain and in abusive relationships or in, in, in relationships that like they didn't need to be in anymore. Yeah. And he was like, we are doing a disservice. Yeah. I agree. And it was like, my mom was like, Kate, 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 I found this. Like, and it was like, we, like, that's how excited we were yeah. <laughs> to like find something that finally felt like it fit my scenario or it yeah. fit my heartbeat or it fit mm-hmm. what I felt like the Lord was calling me into. Yeah. But how crazy is that? That like, it yeah. was a month and a half wow. and I'm a pretty good Google stalker. <laughs> yes, you are. I know that. If I want to know something, Kate's who I call. Um, I think that's a really important point to focus on though, is you said that God can redeem all things. And that's what we're told. God can redeem everything. Of Mm -hmm. course. Like Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you give him the opportunity Mm -hmm. to redeem all things, to redeem your marriage? But he also gave us free will. Right. And both parties have to be willing. Right. And you can't control someone else. Right. 
you know, you just can't. Yep. And I feel like women, we put ourselves, a lot of women in, in abusive situations and in really, really poor, poor treatment and poor marriages under the guise of, oh, God redeems all things. Mm -hmm. And it's that ideology of God can change him. I can change it. While God can, mm -hmm. he has to be a willing participant. Right. You have to be a willing participant. Right. Everybody involved has to be a willing participant in the redemption process. Because if we look at scripture in order to be redeemed as far as salvation, there's repentance. Mm -hmm. And if, if there is no repentance, because, you know, in divorce, I believe everybody has a part to play. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, you know, every everybody has a part in a marriage. It's two. It takes two people to tango. But right. if both parties are not in this repentance stage, there is no redemption, mm -hmm. and we have to be willing to receive that grace and that mercy and that covering of God in that place. To right. where, you know, if husband or wife, whoever's listening, you know, I believe men and women both go through this, and God can fill that for you. He can be the redemption. Yes. And I think that's what you experienced. So I'm excited for them to hear us your story. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just start from, let's call it D-Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the day that my human world kind of fell apart um, and catapult to, you know, a month and a half later and just certain things unfolding and really finding affirmation. And I'll tell you, it was just the Holy Spirit because as I mentioned, it was scary mm -hmm. to feel like I was going against what I was raised to believe going against what God's word does say. Like he does say, yes, he hates divorce, but there's a lot of other things um, that's in there. But I just remember being prompted to go to the house of someone I knew. Like it was a specific name and I couldn't escape it. I was like driving and it was like, go to her house, go to her house. And I was like, it's one of those things when like God puts something on your heart and it's uncomfortable. You're like, mm -hmm. mm. And you test it. I'm like, oh. like not <laughs> try to this, shake not it off a little bit. Not that this person would like, you know, happening? welcome me into her home. It was not like a very awkward person or anything like that. It was a person I knew yeah. and trusted and, and loved, but it was just kind of random. Mm -hmm. And you're like, mm. and so yeah. I finally like out of obedience and out of being like, okay, I'm just gonna text her. I'm gonna ask if I can come over. And I literally, you know, Addie was like seven months old, seven, six to nine, somewhere in there. And, um, yeah, I show up at her door and, you know, we're talking and Addie's playing on the floor, some toys. And she's like, you know, Kate, like, I love that you're here, but why are you here? <laughs> she was like, you have such a great support system. Like, why are you at my house? And yeah. I was like, I couldn't get you off my mind. Like, I just felt I needed to be here. Mm. And literally I, I told her what I was wrestling with this decision and this, this feeling like I was going against something that it felt so wrong because that's what I was taught. Right. And she looked at me and she said, I just heard, and she has tears in her eyes. She's like, I just heard from the Holy spirit. Why you're here. And she proceeds to tell her story, which I had no idea. She's like, you know, you know my story. And I was like, no, I don't know your story. She's like, you don't know my story. Yeah. I'm like, no, I just know I was supposed to be here. And she mm -hmm. proceeds to talk about her own redemption story. But again, I had no idea. And she said what I needed to hear that day. Oh, that's so, that's and so good. And it that's was like, I mean, she was crying. Like, I was crying because I was like, it was me. It was this moment of like stepping into peace that I hadn't had 
like this moment of of yeah like almost like god himself was like yes that's your pivot point this this was it mm. and i will never forget that moment that's a fork in the road moment it's one of those moments where you're like standing between two things and you're yeah. like at the corner like oh my gosh which way do i take both will change my life forever yeah and the lord it's just terrifying. said pivot. <laughs> he put somebody on the right road that you were supposed to yeah. take and said come here it's okay mm-hmm. and her her story's opposite of mine that's what the power of it. Like, Amazing. Like when she started saying things, I thought, oh, okay. Like I'm going to pivot to what, not what I heard, you know, maybe from yeah. the Lord. And oh no, it was, her story was different than mine. That's powerful. Yeah. That's when you know that you're, you're receptive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because when you're listening to somebody who's telling you <laughs> what God did in their life, and it was a different outcome than what you're hearing from the Lord. Right. You know, there's your confirmation right there. Right. You were searching to feel confident in what you've been taught. Right. Because it's comfortable. It's like mm-hmm. an old shoe. It's This is the shoe I grew up in. It's all right. worn in. It's comfortable. But right. when you're trying to make that decision and then the Lord drops the opposite, we wrestle with that because mm-hmm. it's a stiff shoe. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not well, lived in. it's so taboo. Yeah. I mean, to this day, it's taboo. Like, I, I've been, I have been in services <laughs> where... They'll be like, okay, now we're going to take a moment. It was about marriage. And every time there's a sermon about marriage when I was not married anymore, yeah, I'd be like, oh, okay, can I slip out the back? Like, literally, yeah. I was like, I don't want to be here. This is uncomfortable. But a lot of times I'd be like, okay, Lord, I'm going to need to hear from you in whatever's being talked about because I don't want to be here. <laughs> so I just would like sit there, you know. And it was one of those moments where I sat through the whole sermon. And at the end, the pastor goes, okay, well, we're going to have a moment of prayer and if you're in, in if you're in the audience and, and you have been divorced, we're gonna just let you sit, um, and and ask for forgiveness. And it was like one of those things again. Like I've had so many moments where I'm like, that doesn't fit. Like, and I do believe like going through the journey of breaking a marriage, there is self like there is self forgiveness. Like there's of lots course. of things you have yes, to do. Yes. But it's like from the pulpit, did that resonate with it my sounds spirit? Sounds like shame. Yeah. Sounds like, like condemnation a little bit. I was like, ooh, hang on. That way. Yeah. You know. Lots of uncomfortable moments that I can talk through <laughs> about, yeah. you know, diving into, um, you know, being a divorced single mom. Mm-hmm. And I think in that moment, I wasn't like angry at that pastor. I was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I was more angry at the fact that more churches are not speaking to half of their audience yeah. has either known someone are in it themselves or are grappling with it. Right. You know, and I'm not here saying like, you should definitely, you know, like yeah. that is, no, I say you have to journey through that with the Lord and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't just, you know, I'm not going to be a proponent for divorce because I'm divorced. You know, yeah. like, I don't think that that's no one the road. goes into marriage wanting a divorce. No, nobody <laughs> goes into it. That's just, yeah, no yeah. one goes into it wanting a divorce. But I do want to put a disclaimer here. If you are someone who's in a relationship or a marriage where you're being abused or yeah. harmed, you need to get safe. Whatever that means for you, you need to be safe. That's first and foremost. God does not want his children harmed. That is always, 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 always the case. If you are being abused, just drawing the line in the sand here, get out of that situation. We talked a little bit before this and you coined a couple points yeah. in your journey. You have yeah. like, was like four distinct points yeah. and you have these great names and, and titles <laughs> for them. I'd love for you to share that and yeah. kind of give a little overview of what that picture looks like. Yeah. So in the beginning, 
you know, I felt once I had clarity of, of moving, you know, down this path of getting divorced, I really looked at that whole situation and felt like there was a sense of rescue mm-hmm. um, from, from, you know, what that could have, what that could have been, what life that could have been, or however you want to say that. But for me personally, it felt like I was being taken on this path where the Holy Spirit was showing up and I was being rescued. Now, something that always resonated during that time was how I felt like it was that moment where the Israelites were fleeing something and then they look at this water, right? Mm. And Moses parts the sea through obviously that power. And it's like they, what we don't talk about is like, we just talk about, oh my gosh, the waters were parted and they just walked through. Oh yeah. Like, and then they were fine and then they complain. Like, what the heck is wrong with them? Right, of course. Oh no, no, no. For me, I'm like, I get it. I get it now. Like I had this miraculous time where I I felt clarity that we are going to go in this like parted sea. Like Mm -hmm. I knew that that's where I was supposed to be. However, (laughs) there's mud. (laughs) There is things that get you stuck. And there are things that are going to break. Like, I'm, like when you, like, look at Prince of Egypt or whatever show yeah. you've seen growing up, maybe, and you see that moment, right? And the the things, that the chariot things are breaking or whatever, the, the wheels are breaking and there's rocks and there's mud. I felt that. Like, with, with where I was, I knew that I was walking in this spirit-filled time, but it was not easy. Yeah. And I felt... Like, not only was I in mud, <laughs> you know, tripping over myself half the time, but also you have to imagine, like, the water that they're seeing on either side of them, right? right. And for me, I actually drew a picture of it. Mm. And I was like, I see myself with the rocks and all of the things in the middle, but on the sides, what I saw was, like, fear, anxiety. Mm. Like, I think I even drew little fishes because I'm weird. And I was, like, writing fear, anxiety. And it was, like almost like seeing things floating that I thought was going to be the life that I was going to have. It was just floating away. Mm. And so I'm trudging through that, that part. Now it's like the first part of my divorce and, and what that looked like. Right. So we get through the, the rescue yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the mountain. Mm. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I got rescued. Like the Israelites are like, yay. But then they start complaining, right? Of course. And um, I felt a little bit of that too. Like I like resonated more with the Israelites than I wanted to tell people. Um, but I wasn't, and I think they went, you know, onto the desert. I went up to a mountain and I felt like that was, if I thought the water was scary, the mountain was very hard because I have never climbed a mountain like and I always think of it in snow. Yeah. <laughs> I've like climbed some mountains and repelled sometimes on, on trips, but this is like actual, like you have equipment. You're like having mm-hmm. to step and step and step. And each step I took in this part of my journey was, I mean, I needed the Holy spirit every minute mm-hmm. of every day. It was, that was the climb and following the Lord up this mountain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just had, moments of just being terrified and that's where I truly had to release like a lot of control to the Lord and be like I had this moment driving on the highway where I was like no matter what the outcome I choose to praise you so I'm fighting for x or I'm hoping for x and no matter what I will praise you even if I don't get what I think and I'm hoping for, I will praise you. 
and having that moment of like literally relentlessly like meeting the Lord every step of the way and big decisions that were being made if it was financial or if it was just how to handle something if it was being in something new it was every step uncomfortable situations yeah. <laughs> a courtroom <laughs> you know like whatever it may be it was like every step I had to breathe in and be like okay got me and at this pivotal moment at the top of the mountain I remember being like I don't want to keep going and I remember the Lord, hearing so distinctly from the Lord, like, I brought you this far. I'm not going to leave you. Like, look at the steps we've taken. I'm not going to leave you. And I still have moments where, even in my life today, I think of that. Because how powerful is that to hear from the Lord? Like, think of any situation the Lord has ever brought you through. He's that same God. Yep. And it may faithful. be the littlest thing in a you know, three seconds of your day could be the biggest thing in two years of my journey. You know, the first two years was the rescue and the climb. Um, yeah, that moment of just being like, I have you. And having to release that control and just being able to sit with the Lord, be like, okay, you got me. And I feel like that's such a beautiful picture of your hope. Yeah. You fixating it because it's easy. It's so much easier to to associate God with your disappointment in your situation oh, yeah, and to take that out on him and be like, well, I'm disappointed in you because I'm disappointed in this. Right. And I love that you quickly turned that around and said, but you've never let me down before. Right. And it's your faithfulness that's going to drive my hope up this mountain. Well, and I, I will tell you, I'm glad you brought that up because I've had so many people be like, how is your faith so strong? Like how, like why, why, why did you run to God in this time of grief and sorrow and mourning and anger and resentment and whatever it is, how did you run to him instead of running away from him being like, you did this to me, you allowed this to happen and all of those things. And it's like, I think for me, what I saw was I saw, I saw sin. I saw, I saw the situation for what it was. You saw through the veil. Yeah. And that's hard. It is. And, and I believed many, many veils moving forward. Like it's part of my story. Like there's lots of things that God had to release. I had to release, but I, yeah, I, I think it's like, that's all I knew to do. He had shown up for me so many times before that I knew I, I could trust him. And do you feel like there was a little bit too of, I'm in this such an unknown place <laughs> that if I tried to do this without him. Yeah it's going to be much harder. And I know that, but at least I know with him, there's a track record and it could be better. And that's the hope. The hope is yeah. it could be better with him than without him. Yeah. And, and then it moves to, it will be better yeah. with him than without him. And then it is better with him than without him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, in that defining moment of, of crying out to the Lord, like in the pit of where my life had turned and hearing you know, when you cry out, if you have the ears to listen and you cry out with knowing that the Lord will speak to you, he shows up. And in that moment of crying out, I heard from the Lord, like so distinctly. And I think that that was not a pivot. That was a, sure. okay, straight line, you know, cried out, didn't know what else to do. <laughs> and I heard and I just, I, I went that direction. 
I also think that in those moments when you feel hopelessness, right? In that, in that moment of, I felt almost out of control because I had no control of what was happening um, a little bit around me. I encourage people when you are in that moment, like you pick up the phone and you call someone or you invite people in because I can't tell you, I mean, we could have a whole other conversation about how God showed up when I was vulnerable and how the Lord like provided, like, again, like you're supposed to go to this person's house when, when you are, when you are seeking and when you, when you open that up to be like, Lord, I need someone right now, or I I feel like I should call someone right now or whatever. I had called a pastor's wife that I was close to at that time. And she prayed something over me that, that night in some of the early days of, of my story. And she said, I pray that, or I pray Lord that you will have Kate's heart remain soft before you. And that was also something that even though I was already like on this straight line, like, okay, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to journey through this with you. Like I hear you, I'm getting clarity. I'm, I'm doing all these things. That was also a, a pivotal moment because I started casting a vision in my hopelessness. I was casting a vision of what I knew I wanted at the end. That's huge. And it was truly from her words that gave me that that moment of, okay, I want to have my heart remain soft before the Lord. I want to remain true to who I am. I didn't want, I didn't want this situation to change me. Yeah. And of course it changed everything, but me meaning who I was and who I knew I was. I wanted to remain truthful to who I was. Yeah. And one of the third things was I wasn't going to let this define the rest of my life because I had seen too many women let that define and men, but let that, that this divorce or failed marriage define the rest of their days. Define the rest of their opinions of men. Define the rest of their opinions of women. Define the rest of opinions of God. Being like, yeah, you told me to marry this person, and I did, and look what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would have been so easy, you know, to do that. And I will say, too, that I had been in a place of bitterness before in my spiritual life. I was in a pit of bitterness. Yeah. And when you're in a pit of bitterness, and you get out, and you climb out, and you do the work to get out with the Lord, you don't want to go back there. And I had come out of that pit like a year prior to, well, maybe two years prior to all of this happening. And I, I also knew I was not going to let myself be bitter. And I can tell you that that gave me extreme hope. Like I was like, no. And I had times where things got hard and dark and I mean, just the weight of everything on me. I mean, I had times where I was in the, I was the only time, because I was raising that baby, yeah. the only times I had alone time was in the shower, and I would just yeah. lose it. I would lose it. I mean, like, cries that you would never want to hear. I, I would lose it. And I had this one moment, I'll never forget, I was rocking Addie to sleep, and I had had a bad day. And I just remember hearing the snare of Kate, just be better. You've done enough. Look at everything you can be better about. Just be better. And I literally was like, in the name of Jesus, I will not be better. But there's been so many moments where it's like, just just give in. Just be better. Just be angry. 
And of course, you can be angry, but you make that choice of like, is, is this bitterness going to like ruin my heart? Is this bitterness going to perpetuate how I act, how I treat people, how I look at the situation that the Lord has me in right now? And I think that, man, like I just, I, I remember everything about that moment of just, just be bitter. And I was like, no. And that's where hope's a mindset. Yeah. And I think for me, like, that is when I think of hope and when I think of the hope that I have found, you know, it's, you, you have to, I don't want to say be looking for the hope, but I don't, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but it's like, you have to know the hope that you have in Jesus. Like that, that hope. You have to know where it's placed. Yeah. Like if it's not placed anywhere. It's elusive. Right. It's like thin air. It's like it can a battery. Yeah. But it's like when it's real and you know that, you can trust that. Yes. Even when there's really no reason you should, and everyone's like, you're crazy for, like, still being faithful. Like, yeah. a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. They would just be like, peace out, God. Like, you failed me. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, peace yeah. out, God. I don't trust anything I hear from you. Yep. You know, and... That's easy and, to do. It's the easy way out. Yeah. But it's the most harmful. Right. And that's what people, a lot of people don't realize, because, like, I know your story, and then I know people on the other side who... It has made them bitter. Yeah. And, God, they're just angry. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast before. If when you're holding on to something, it's like squeezing your fist. Mm-hmm. And the longer you squeeze, it starts yeah. to ache. And it yeah. starts to sting. And it's impossible. It, it, it almost hurts more to try to open oh, it back 100% up. percent does. Yeah. And you can't receive anything until you open it back up. So you're just stuck in this perpetual mm-hmm. squeeze Yep. Like I'm just angry and you're going to be more tired and exhausted and frustrated and it compounds on itself. Mm -hmm. And then when you do try to open up after you've let yourself get bitter, Mm -hmm. it's a slow, achy open. Yeah. And you have to learn how to close it gently and receive and open back and receive. And it's like, it's like a fluid thing versus a, yeah. Decision of being like, Oh, I'm going to keep this fist like this and open it, you know? So for the other people who are listening that are walking through seasons like this and they don't want to become bitter, they're like, oh, I needed that. I I don't want to be bitter. Mm -hmm. They recognize those moments. Yes, I have those moments where I'm like, oh, I just want to be angry right now. I just want to be, I want it to run my day right now. I want my day to just be an angry day and I want to just take it out on everything and everyone. Right. What are some practical things that maybe you did to get yourself out of that space? Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like you have to actually like either remove yourself yes. yeah. or something to to get in that space. What did yeah. you do? There were, well, you know, I like to drive and pray. <laughs> I yes, call I you a lot of times. Yes, I do. <laughs> I've done that since high school. Prayer drives. Um, but um, I love it. a lot of times I do have to remove myself. Yeah. It's in those moments where you are weak, but you have to ask for help. Yeah. And be like, hey, can you watch my daughter? Um, hey, can you do this, this, this? I need to get out. Like, I've had to be vulnerable and open myself up to right. discomfort sometimes. of Because I'm, you know, more like, I can do it. I can do it all. I can do, you know, I can yeah. do, do, do. Yeah. And it's like, no, you need to take a break or you need to remove yourself. So I think sometimes I, I have had to remove myself. I think the other times is just in those moments, like, praying, crying out. And it yeah. doesn't have to be this big, elaborate thing. It could be, like, in a two-second thought being like, Lord, I need you. Yeah. And, like, cry out to be like, I need you now. 
I need you in this moment. I need, I need to see you. A lot of times I'd be like, I need to see you. I need to hear you. I need something. Like I would go into church being like, I don't want to be here, especially, oh my gosh, I had to conquer the fear of going to church alone. Ooh, that one was a hard one for me. And I would just conquer it. But I'll tell you, I didn't let the fear of, and I had help with this one. This was not just on me for sure. But I mean, I live in a town, right, where memories are everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure people listening have that moment. Even in a high school breakup, you're like, oh, I don't want to go to oh, the yeah. restaurant. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. want to go to that football field. Yes. Um, but same thing, but even worse, like when you are walking away from something. And I was just like, I'm going to redeem that. And I, I just that. run towards the uncomfortable, uncomfortable sometimes. Wow. I would run towards what I was most fearful of. And a lot of times I'd be like, hey, hey, sister, you want to come with me? <laughs> I, I would not it. do it alone. I'd be like, hey, we're going to go redeem that, you know? And um, We're claiming authority over it, which yeah. I love. You, yeah. That's one thing I can say about Kate is Kate knows and understands her authority in the spirit. Mm-hmm. She understands what God's put inside of her because I've watched you do that over and over and over where you'll be like, no, this isn't going to mark this moment. I'm taking authority over it. I'm changing it. And I want to pivot for just a second because <laughs> one way that you did that has to do with this date today. Yeah. We want to share with you guys how divine the Lord is and his timing. Yeah. Because we planned this before either of us even knew or thought of this little detail. Right. But as we record this right now, Kate, what is today? It would have been the 10th year wedding anniversary Mm. of my first marriage. And how did you redeem that, Kate? Well, it's, it's, it's funny because this is normally a day that my family is so supportive and sweet and they deemed it as Kate and Addie day. Mm-hmm. So we've celebrated Kate and Addie day for over, like, I think it's six years. And, um, and so a lot of times it, like, it was sweet every year. Like, you know, I'd get texts from my sister, texts from my mom, um, texts from my brother, but it was crazy because, well, again, lots more to my story about where, where I am today, yes. but I was you know, prepping and I, I'm, I'm such a weird note taker and I was writing the date just like I do in like school and uh, I wrote the date and I was like, oh my gosh, tomorrow when we record, mm-hmm. whoa. I mean, I was even praying on the way over here, like, Lord, like what I've seen in 10 years and who I am in the last six years, it was hard. I wouldn't really wish it upon anyone. It has tested me more than I knew I was capable and has pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I don't think I've cried as much as I have in the last six years, but I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't because it drew me closer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think it also drew me closer to other people and having eyes to see the Lord moving and the Lord preparing my heart sometimes. Like I literally think I also found hope because I, I made a list one day and it was 30 single moms that the Lord had put in my life, my whole life. And I didn't even really recognize that until I was sitting in their place. Wow. And I thought, Oh, if Glenn can do it, I can do it. It would be like different people that I had thought of Mm -hmm. and had experienced, Yes, you know, if Kathy can do it, I can do it. And if Brittany can do it, I can do it. And then how many single mom friends I have found (laughs) through this process is wild, is wild. And it's been encouraging. It's been this community of being able to call each other at our weakest moments. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and having someone give you the hope of, I've been there, I know how you feel. Hey, this is what helped me. Hey, what do you need? You know, and it's like what beauty there is, even in brokenness of what was supposed to be the lives that we thought we were like going to sign up for at that moment. And then what happened? So at that mountaintop, after this pivotal um, place in my two-year journey at that moment, uh, from D-Day to two years later, I was at this top of this mountain that had journeyed all the way up with the Lord. And the Lord like turned and was like, okay, this is what I have for you. And it's like this beautiful valley and there's like lush green. And I actually, I saw it when I was in Utah with one of my friends one time and I took a picture of it. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I saw. Is it bad that I'm picturing Twilight right now? <laughs> what does oh, that know? say about me? Um, <laughs> you, know, you should have been there when I was like in the pasture struggling be like, it's like Twilight game. Maybe right. I don't know. No, but I, I, uh, I, you know, saw this and I was like, oh, well, that's so beautiful, you know? And I heard from the Lord in the, in the coming months, um, I want you to be okay to be alone with me in the pasture. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, not interested. <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. And I literally like ran as fast as I could in the opposite direction of what I was hearing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, we're not doing that. But you know what? <laughs> That's so many of us. Yeah. In every, every Christian's heart, why do we get so distracted from intimacy? I don't think it's always that we're busy. No. I think it's terrifying. Yeah. there, yeah. And that's that healthy fear of the Lord, knowing yeah. that, like, when you're in the presence of God mm-hmm. and you're undistracted mm-hmm. and it's you and him and he's like, I'm here to meet with you. Yeah. You are completely seen, completely exposed. Right. Cut open before him, essentially. Poured yeah. out before him. Like, there is nothing between you and him. Yeah. And that's scary. No. It, so I get that. It was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And lo and behold, <laughs> I was there and I got there finally, eventually. And, um, I mean, even when I knew spiritually I was there and, and walking in this aloneness period of my life, I was like, everyone, you know, I, I went for prayer and I had people in my life. They're like, oh, but the pasture, that's beautiful with like wildflowers and, you know, like what you said, Twilight. like Twilight. <laughs> And I was like, I would have told you, if you would have told me that, I would have been like, no, I'm in the cow patty. I'm in the divots. I keep falling. There's mud. Like, I did not have that perspective of, like, this is a period of rest. Like, it took me a while. I I needed to understand when the Lord was asking me for rest and saying, I need you to be okay to be alone with me. I want you to rest. I need you to find peace. And what I didn't know in the pasture was that in that aloneness with the Lord, he was healing things that I didn't know I still had that I, I needed to mourn. I, I, there was places in my heart that I hadn't had the capacity with going through the waters and going up the mountain. I didn't have the capacity to really spend that time with him to mend those areas, you know, and to mourn things that I lost. I mean, it was probably three years later that I was, I literally, I was rocking Addie to sleep and I got her to sleep and I was just sitting there in her room and I, I ran and got the piece of paper, this big post-it and I started actually drawing tombstones Wow. of like, what have I not mourned? 
the house that I was rehabbing, the friendships that just disappeared, the life I thought, the family unit that we were, like all of these things. I was like, all of these things have died and I hadn't taken the time to process that. And so it's like, that's one example. But then in the past year too, it was like, I was actually being able to be filled with joy in a different way, you know, and, and, and actually cast a vision, another vision of like, what was to come? Like, who is, who is, who is Kate May in this moment? And like, I struggled with like casting a vision as being a single mom. Like, what does that, I've never casted a vision for a single mom and a little kid. Like, what does that family unit even look like? What, what traditions do we have? You know, and fighting, like coming to things when you're the only one who's single and coming to family events when you're the only one that doesn't really match the rest (laughs) for a while. And, um, so yeah, the pastor, as much as I, it was my least favorite getting there and being in there, I look back on even the writing during that time and I was like, oh, how special. And this is when I entered the picture. Yeah, was I was in the, in the pasture. <laughs> she was in the pasture. And this is when I kind of walked in and got to hear this entire story up until this moment. And I got to come in right after mm-hmm. you had really mourned some things. Yeah. And you were you had worked through them. Mm-hmm. And you were like, okay, I feel like I'm finally getting to be peaceful in the pasture. Like I'm right. really at peace here. Yeah. You know, God had really transformed some things in your life, mm-hmm. and you had a flow going. Yeah, you and Addie were like yeah. in a routine. <laughs> yeah, and it was good. It was really good. I do want to touch on really fast before we move to the deeper part of the pasture. <laughs> when you say that you had people to lean on, mm-hmm. and you had that's a very important piece of the puzzle is making sure you have people that you can call and people mm-hmm. you can bite in. I want you to talk for a minute about how do you choose those yeah. people because yeah. you can't just let no, anyone into that sacred space, especially when it's somebody who maybe loved both of you mm-hmm. or maybe it's somebody who's deciding to pick sides and you can't, that's not something you can hear. Right. You know? Right. Just kind of discuss that real quick. How do you pick your people? It was selective. That was probably the most selective time in my life today yeah. because I remember, you know, reaching out to some people at the time and you quickly knew that they weren't the people yeah, and they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. I, I, I had the phrase of like circling the wagons. Yeah. Like I had a very select and I even like drew it out. Like who's in my circle, mm-hmm. like not to be like clicky and like ex- exclusive or something like that. But like, yeah. it was like, I needed to remind myself who, who can I trust during this time? Yeah. Who, who can I lean on? Who can I confide in? Mm-hmm. Who can I, invite into a very hard place. Um, and so it definitely was, a you know, discernment. And it also was when you found people who maybe they had never journeyed through that, but they would listen. Yeah. You know, maybe they had journeyed through that and they knew when to speak, when to, when to just listen and let you vent and then when to speak and speak that truth. Um, and there were some people that were just people that added fun, you know, like just relationships where that's so important. Let loose, yeah. You know, have some fun. You know, rely on that. And they're not going to ask you about it. You yeah, know? they're like, they're just let's get like, your hey, mind off of everything. We're going to pretend like <laughs> yeah. that's not even a part of your life. Let's right. go. Right. You know. Yeah. And then there's people that oh man, the people that built me up. Mm. Like literally, like I looked at my journal and it's like there's a there's it's from one of my sweet friends and it was like 
I love you, beautiful lady. You know, I had people like sometimes just drop things at my house that was like, I'm in your corner, you know, and like, you don't understand the powers of those words when you feel alone <laughs> and yeah. when you are in a place of maybe discomfort or you are in the place of you're like, I never prepared for this life. Yes. I didn't feel prepared. I did you not can't. feel prepared for that life. Right. And I didn't want that. I, I mean, like, I didn't want that life for so many reasons, you know, and that's also where, you know, talking about a scary moment, you know, of being like, Lori, am I, am I sure I'm hearing you? Am I, am I, am I sure? Are we sure here? You know? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so I would say there's definitely in the season, especially the roughest season, like you have to be selective. Um, and really, I mean, sometimes it was like having to take some steps away from, from people too. And that's hard. Yes. That doesn't feel great when you're like, no, 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 but they're okay. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. sometimes the season that you're in, you got to protect what you, what you can knowing yeah. the, the circumstances around you, knowing the circumstances you face daily and, and maybe where you are. You know um, what? I feel like that's a, a little bit of a part of the parting of the waters because it's a narrow path yeah. to get through those, those tough waters. Yeah. And not everybody has the endurance to right. make it through the mud. Not everybody has, you know, the vision to get to the other side. Right. And I think that's important too. The other thing I want to touch on before we get to the other side of <laughs> pasture, just wait guys, the other side is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to talk for a minute about one question that I'd already posed to you is how, when you have an ex, how do you balance and show grace and love in this kind of situation? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I feel like I have heard and seen you do mm-hmm. in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Right. But how did you get to a place of keeping your heart soft before the Lord mm-hmm. when it comes to this type of situation and this type of relationship. Yeah. It's um, hard. I mean, I don't want to cop out with this answer because I, I mean it wholeheartedly, like Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, it's beautiful. It's the only way you can set aside mm-hmm. emotion, discomfort. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there were times where I was like, help me with the words, help me not to say words, help me, yeah. you know, and, um, and again, it's, that, it's back to that control of like, you're not going to have it all together. Like sometimes you just have that blind trust of being like, Lord, I trust that you will give me the words I need. Yeah. I trust that you will give me the attitude I need, right. <laughs> you know? Um, but I also think, you know, having an outlet, <laughs> like, you know, like in, in these moments, you know, you need the Holy Spirit, but then also at, at the aftermath of maybe that, a moment or, or a situation, yeah. you're then like, okay, I got to call my peep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who, are, who are my peeps? Who can I call? Who can I just like process something with? Because again, to not get into bitterness land, not to get into frustration land, not to get into a spiral, which is, I've been in all of them, um, yeah. outside of like letting myself just jump into the pit of bitterness, but it's, you know, I circled it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I was like right there. I'm like, I think we should just jump <laughs> uh, That would be a lot easier, I think. Right. Um, but I think that having those people around you to process through emotions or to process through help me remember yeah. X, Y, Z about myself, right? Or help me remember um, the truth in this situation yeah. um, is really important. And I think that speaks to another situation of that veil being oh, lifted yeah. where the Holy Spirit that mm. you tapped into has given you the vision to see through 
this 3D world and is letting you see in this 4D dimension spiritually of its principalities and powers right. that we're fighting against, not God's kids. Right. You know, and that differentiation between people hurt people. Right. God doesn't hurt people. People yeah. hurt people. Right. And it's this free will choice. And it's that same thing of, you know, Jesus be on the front. They know not what they do. Mm-hmm. They know not what they do because if they did, oh, if they could see past the veil, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and this constant eternal perspective that right. you have, I think right. has been something that I've admired so much that mm-hmm. I've watched you walk through is this, this picture of just love and grace and love mm-hmm. and grace over and over because you're like, it's not the person. Right. It's, there's no well, person. And I will that say like one of the hardest things is to remove emotion yeah. out of circumstances like this. Of course. And I think that that's one of the most important. Like, to- Hey friends, I know it's an abrupt ending, but hang in there with us as a bonus part two of this conversation with Kate will be coming to you next week. Just hearing her explain the imagery behind the parting of the waters, climbing the mountain, and the positioning of the pasture really puts skin and bones to such a life-altering human experience. So many of us have divorce or even just painful relationships as a part of our story, but it doesn't have to define our future. It doesn't have to make us bitter. One of my favorite challenges that she gave is to run towards what scares us. I could stand to do that in multiple areas of my life. What an opportunity to take authority over the lies and intimidation from the enemy. But y'all prepare yourselves. In part two, you're gonna hear about the miraculous way that God met Kate in that very pasture, as well as the beauty and hope that unfolded thereafter. You don't wanna miss this next week. So stay tuned and don't lose hope.